you have your Bibles, I'd like to have you turn with me to Mark, the fourth chapter, and beginning with the 35th verse. And shall we stand as we hear the reading of God's word? Mark, the fourth chapter, verses 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was, in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. That's quite an interesting statement. He slept through the storm. <clears throat> the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Christ, uh, <clears throat> quiet, uh, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will use your word to speak to our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Every person going through life experiences times in their life storms that come. And let me add, every church experiences storms at some point in their history. The storms are of different kinds. There are what we call spiritual storms. There are storms which are primarily physical in nature. There are storms which have emotional impact upon us, such as depression, burnout, and so forth. Then there are storms which affect us materially, a fire, a flood, a recession. Some storms last for a short time and are relative believe. Other storms go on for a longer period of time. Sometimes the underlying cause of every storm can be traced back to the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. If they had not fallen into sin, there would have been no storm. But because of the fall of Adam and Eve into sin, which affected the entire human race from that time up until this present time, there are star storms in, the lot in our lives. Sometimes storms are caused by Satan. Read the book of Job. Now, Job thought his storms were being caused by, by the Lord, but they were really being caused by Satan. 
Sometimes they are caused by others. King David had a tremendous storm in his life, which was caused by his own son Absalom, who tried to take over the kingdom while his father was still the king. Sometimes our storms are caused by ourselves. You think of King Saul in the Old Testament. Really, he was the cause of his own storms because of his rebellion against the Lord. Now, there are some realities about the storm the disciples went through, which I would like to share with you this morning. First of all, the reality is that Jesus knew the storm was coming. It was no surprise to him. Jesus was God in the flesh, and God is never caught by surprise, never off guard, never unprepared. And that's the wonderful thing to remember about God. He knows everything that's happening in advance. He's not caused by, we're caused by surprise and storms, but not God. And it's good to have that, that reality in your heart and mind that God knows about this storm that's happening in my life. The second reality, the disciples did not know it was coming. They had no idea when they got into that boat and cast off from that shore that in a short time, they would be facing one of the most violent storms that they'd ever experienced. And remember, some of these disciples were fishermen and they knew what storms were like. But this was the king of storms, so to speak. They had never seen a storm like that. So even these fishermen who had gone through many storms were filled with fear and surprise. The fourth, Reason, the forethought is this, that Jesus knew the storm was coming and allowed the disciples to sail right into that storm. And you might ask yourself the question, why would Jesus want this to happen? Why would he allow them to, to go straight into this storm? And I'd like to suggest five possible reasons to you. He wanted to test and strengthen their faith. Faith cometh by hearing, but faith is strengthened by storms. Faith is produced by the Holy Spirit, by the hearing of the Word of God. If you've come to faith in Christ as your Savior, it's because the Holy Spirit, as you were listening to the Word, produced the faith to lay hold of Christ as your Savior. So faith cometh by hearing, but faith is tested by the storms. Then also, a second reason, he wanted to build up and strengthen their character. Character is built up much more through adversity than at any other time in our lives. And I think you can think back on your life, and when you've gone through great adversities, that helped to build up your faith. It didn't destroy your faith, it helped to build up your faith. And our character 
is built up much more through adversity than at any other time in our lives. Then third, he was preparing them for future ministry. The Lord often allows us to go through storms in our life in order to prepare us for future ministry. Think of Joseph in the Old Testament. Think of the storms that Joseph went through before God brought him to the place in Egypt where he was just the second person in power under the Pharaoh. But before that, he was He, he was, he was uh, uh, by his own brothers, were, was cast off into this, into this pit and then sold into, into slavery. And then uh, when he had gotten a position with Potiphar, uh, Potiphar's wife tried to seduce him. And as a result, he was thrown into prison. Joseph went through many trials before he finally came to that place of power in Egypt that God had planned for him. Or think of David. When you read the history of the life of David, he went through many storms, especially when King Saul was trying to kill him and destroy him because he knew that God had blessed him and he was going to be the next king, and he sought to kill him. Or you think of Daniel, the storm that this young man went through as a teenager when he was taken captive by the Babylonians and taken to the country away from his home, away from his family. He went through a tremendous storm before God put him in a place of authority in the kingdom. I can think from our own experience, we had been asked by the Church of the Lutheran Brethren or I had been asked by the Church of the Lutheran Brethren to go to Japan for two years to teach at the Bible school and the seminary. And I just thought it was the craziest thing in the world to do. I had three children and uh, didn't know the language and it just seems a, a very foolish thing to do. And I happened to be reading in my devotionals in the morning at that time in Exodus and came to the third chapter where God called Moses uh, to come and go back to, to Egypt to lead his people out. And Moses had all kinds of reasons why he shouldn't go. And I had all kinds of reasons why we shouldn't go to Japan. But as I read that portion in Exodus, I came to the conclusion that God wanted me to go. And so we went to Japan for two years, and as I look back upon my experience as a pastor, those were probably two of the most growing times in my life as I went to that country uh, to teach at the Bible school and, and seminary. And so God prepared me for going to Japan by allowing me to go through some storms. He wanted also, the fourth reason, he wanted to draw them closer to himself. I think all of you who have children and living back in the Midwest where we could have some very severe thunder and lightning storms, it would 
it was not unusual for our children when one of these storms hit that they would come running into our bedroom and wanting to sleep with us while they were going through that storm. That storm brought them closer to their parents. And so it is with the storms in life. And as you look back upon storms you've had, God used those storms to bring you closer to himself. And then also, he wanted to give them a new revelation of himself. In verse 41, it says, They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. This was a new revelation to these disciples of the power and majesty of Christ. And oftentimes through storms in life, we begin to see who God really is, who Jesus Christ really is. <clears throat> and then the fifth reason, or the fifth, fifth reality, the disciples were afraid. They thought they were going to drown, and they cried out. Now remember again that some of these disciples were fishermen, and they had gone through many storms, but this was the storm, this was the greatest storm they'd ever experienced, and they were afraid. And I'm sure you have experienced times when you have been very much afraid as you were going through some of the difficulties, whether they were physical, whether they're spiritual, whether they were mental, whether they were uh, financial, uh, there was great fear that filled your hearts as you faced those storms. Do you sometimes, and then the, the situation looked hopeless and they were, uh, they awakened Jesus and said, don't you care if we drown? Frank Graff was going through a very severe physical distress in his life and was wondering if Jesus cared. And in his despair, he turned to God's word and came to 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your anxiety or care upon him because he cares for you. And out of that experience, he wrote the song, Does Jesus Care? Let me read part of that song to you. Does Jesus care when my heart is pained too deeply for mirth and song? As the burdens press and the cure, <coughs> cares distress and the way grows weary and long. Does Jesus care when my way is dark with a name less dread, uh, less dread and fear? As the daylight fades into deep night shades, does he care, though it <clears throat> care enough to be near? Does Jesus care when I tied and failed to resist some temptation strong? When for my deep grief I find no relief, 
though my tears flow all the night long. Does Jesus care when I said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me, and my sad heart ached like it nearly breaks? Is it aught to him does he care? And the refrain gives the answer. Oh, yes, he cares. I know he cares. His heart is touched by my grief. When the days are weary, the long nights dreary, I know my Savior cares. <clears throat> and so when we go through the storms of life, our first emotion is fear. Fear that often leads us into a sense of helplessness and hopelessness. Like the disciples, we think we're at the end of the road. We have no hope, no light, no blue sky. And the sixth reality is this. Jesus was with them. Mark makes an interesting statement in verse 36 when he says this. They took him just as he was into the boat. And I think that's something for us to keep in mind. Take Jesus just as he is into your life. Don't try to change Jesus. Let Jesus change you. And it's important for us to, to release ourselves into this reality that Jesus with us, is with us. He cares about us. He knows what's going on in our life. And the seventh reality, Jesus had the power and authority to still the storm. Verse 39. He got up rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Oh, the power of the word of the Lord Jesus Christ to still the storms that come into our life. All of us remember that God is in control in every circumstance of your life, no matter what it may be, whether it's spiritual, whether it's physical, whether it's financial, whatever is happening, God is still in control and God is still with you in the midst of that storm. And he has the power and authority to still the storm. Always remember that God is in control in every circumstance of your life. He knows when and how to act. And he has given us three marvelous promises. First of all, he says, Lo, I am with you always. Take that to your heart. Lo, I am with you always. God will never leave you nor forsake you. You may forsake him, but he will never forsake you. He will be with you always. Then also, the second reality here is, I will never leave and forsake you. 
<clears throat> but also then another one, I will supply all your needs. Not all your wants, but I will supply all of your needs. How wonderful that is. Horatius Spafford, who uh, <clears throat> was a Christian businessman living in Chicago. And let me just read a little bit about the history. Horatio Spafford, a 43-year-old Chicago businessman, suffered financial disaster in the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. He and his wife were still grieving over the death of their son shortly before the fire, and he realized that they needed to get away for a vacation. Knowing that their friend Dwight L. Moody was going to be preaching in an evangelistic campaign in England that fall, Spafford decided to take the entire family to England. His wife and four daughters went ahead on the SS Villa de Havre, and he planned to follow in a few days. But on the Atlantic Ocean, the ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel and sank within 12 minutes. 226 lives were lost, including the Spafford's four daughters. When the survivors were brought to shore, Mrs. Spafford called her husband and cabled her husband and said simply, saved alone. Spafford booking passage on the next ship as they were crossing the Atlantic, the captain pointed out the place where he thought the Villa de Hava had gone down. That night, Spafford penned the words, when sorrow like sea billows roll, it is well, it is well with my soul. And let me just read and we'll be singing this as we close. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sea billows, sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my holy, helpless estate and hath <clears throat> shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Lord, we thank you that no matter what you allow us to go through, you are present. You never forsake us or leave us alone. 
and you will be with us through the storms of life. You will give us the grace and the strength that we need. Help us, Lord, to keep our eyes upon Jesus, to put our full trust in him, to recognize that he knows in advance that we're going to go through a storm and that he promises to be with us in every storm of life. And we can say with Horatio Spafford, it is well, it is well with my soul. In Jesus' name, amen.